Your inner geek wants to come out and play. But where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Squish. <laughs> We've got the show's <laughs> namesake, BJ Shea. Yeah. And running yeah. the boards is Joey D. Yeah. Hello. He's whoa, back whoa. for more. I'm back. On today's show, we will talk with Gareth Von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. No way. We will talk television <gasps> with, well, mostly BJ Shea, I think, on this one. Okay. We'll also get a review of John Wick. Yeah. And, and of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have all our information, podcasts, and more. Or just Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, iTunes, radio.com, you know, smoke signals, just BJ Geek Nation, you'll find us. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's get right into our conversation with Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach. He's got very, very many, lots of, sort of, well, he speaks better than me, so we're just going to get some TV news from him. <laughs> Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed, that is SKNR.net. And Gareth, it is after May, and uh, usually that is the time. Time now when we figure out or find out what shows are being canceled, and we found out a lot of those earlier last month, but now some more are coming to light, and Sci-Fi just dropped the axe on a show that I was enjoying, but also I didn't watch every episode, maybe this is the reason. It looks like Deadly Class is getting the boot. Yeah, and this is really odd because they have the upfronts recently, which is the industry bit where they all go for... Um, you know, hey, folks, this is our projected schedule. These are going to be our mid-season replacements. This is what renewed. This wasn't. These are the new shows. And the whole idea is to get the advertisers excited about uh, the upcoming lineup so they can sit there and they can push the, um, you know, the advertising sales, which, you know, in this day of DVR still mm-hmm. is extremely important. And what surprised a lot of people is that we kind of thought, okay, this was all set. Uh, you know, we've already heard what's coming back, what's not coming back. And the only real question would be what's going to be the new stuff canceled. And of course, which ones are going to be, you know, like, for example, we know the Orville's coming back. A lot mm-hmm. of people assume it's coming back in December. We don't have a date yet. So that that's the little game right now, which is coming out in September, which is going to be a later replacement, which one might come in the summer, that sort of thing. And for them to come out right now and say it uh, was a bit of a surprise, especially with the fact that they also took Happy out. And it's odd because... You would think at this point, sci-fi is kind of in this flux. They got rid of the Expanse, which mm-hmm. immediately gets snapped up by Amazon Prime. They decided not to renew Night Flyers. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you cancel Happy and Deadly Class. And so people are like, okay, what exactly is your new original programming? Because... You know, you can make the argument, some of their other shows are ending too, and you can make the argument, well, gee, guys, it looks from uh, most people on the outside that you've struck out on most of your new shows. 
you better have something really good to replace them with. And yeah, right? you know, that's what the big mystery is. And I mean, at this point, we don't know anything going on because they just can this really soon. And this was actually both of these, like uh, you were even talking about, this is a surprise. Yeah, I mean, they were... These were, you know, this and some other stuff we talked about. Deadly Class was a Comic-Con show. They were there last year. They were promoting it. They had interviews with the cast. I mean, they were all in and pushing this thing. Now, to be fair, the same could also be said for uh, Night Flyers. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, they aren't yeah. shy from promoting their new shows, but I think they're also doing it from a fiscal standpoint that you look at it and simply say, are we getting the returns back from our investment? And of course, now, you know, the streaming factor comes in and all of that. And I think it was a simple case that they just looked at it and said, you know, and, and truthfully, I wonder, maybe I'm making a reach here. I wonder if Deadly Class has got a bit of an identity crisis in that some of the more casual people might be confusing it and Umbrella Academy. That And that's another thing I was thinking, too, because I watched the first two episodes of Deadly Class. I really liked it. I, envoy, I enjoyed the soundtrack and all that. And then Umbrella Academy came out, and I binged that, and then I completely forgot about Deadly Class, literally until, unfortunately, it said that they got canceled. So, I mean, I think you're right there. Yeah. And see, we all know that Umbrella Academy is coming back. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious if it was a simple thing. They just kind of looked at everything and said, OK, uh, you know, this is not meant to be. Yeah. And uh, it's unfortunate. But at that same point, if it's not going to, you know, keep going, I'm I'm kind of glad that uh, the shows are going to be going after, you know, the first season, as opposed to stuff like Santa Clarita Diet on Netflix that got axed after the third season, where I loved every th- all of those seasons, but I kind of wanted still more. And I was more than happy to keep going with it, you know. Right. And see, and that's also been an incredible um bounce back from people in that currently happy and deadly class are being shopped to other networks. And we've also heard, uh, you talked about Santa Clarita diet and such. There seems to be this perception and there's a fallback coming from people in the, uh, cable community the, who, who invest in the streaming shows and stuff. It seems that there there are, of course, going to be exceptions, uh, but it seems like there's a lot of perception that they do not want to go beyond three seasons for most of these cable exclusive shows. And I don't know whether that's because at that point it becomes too cost uh, prohibitive to continue. But like uh, they're they're saying that even shows that have good ratings, good following, good viewership are often finding themselves struggling to get beyond three seasons. And you look at kind of what's coming up with Netflix, for example, Stranger Things is about to have season three. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you can kind of say it'll be safe that another season or two will come. However, you look at something like uh, Ozark, the great Jason Bateman show. Oh, yeah. Coming up on season three. That might be it. And you look at some of the others, like Altered Carbon, which is getting to its second season. They may just do three seasons and done. And this has kind of trickled down between some of the other shows that, you know, they're they're kind of like, and we don't know whether this is just the, the face of the industry or what's going on, but they seem to have this real aversion to going past uh, three seasons. 
Yeah, and I'm just wondering if why they do that, but I mean, at the same point, I'm not an executive, and I don't know the cost-benefit analysis, blah, 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 you know, the nuts and bolts of all of it, so I'm not going to try to stress it that much and just hope that when it's really good, they keep it going. Um, Another show that is ending, I'm hoping it's on its own terms, um, but HBO's Silicon Valley, after I think, what, this is the sixth season coming up? Sixth season coming up, yeah, and it is pretty much on its own terms. Um, I've always been a big fan of the show. Show, but mm-hmm. I think I think you could kind of see the writing on the wall that last season it kind of like started um, repeating itself. Because yeah. One of the great things about the show in its early years was it was great to see how the whole startup and venture capital thing works. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, one of my big problems with it, not that I don't enjoy it because I'm a big Mike Judge fan, but I, I think we can agree that it started getting repetitive. It yeah. went from being a compression program to a box to this. And then it, you kept having the same thing. Uh, you know, he would make a stupid decision, need venture capital. That would get him involved with these shady people. Someone would be trying to goof <laughs> him over and still, and it just kept repeating himself. And I, you know, I kind of, after five seasons was kind of like, okay, Either this guy's the dumbest idiot in the world in terms of business, or, you know, right, right. And it, you get to a point where you're saying, just put the stupid thing out. I don't care if it's a box, a program, what. Every year you keep reinventing the wheel. Maybe it's time to get something out. And I think that's <laughs> kind of where Mike Judge got with it, where he felt, um, you know, it's going to be, I think, about two episodes shorter than the standard season. But I think he looked at it and said, you know, how long can we keep doing this? Let's let's wrap it up and go out while we can. Yeah, and I'm excited to see how they're going to finish it off because it was funny the way the last season ended. I was kind of okay with it being done. They essentially kind of won the game, so to speak, if you want to kind of put it that way, um, with all of these people fighting over it and becoming their own company. But again, new problems, the feds, all this sort of different sort of things and all of the interesting stuff going on. So it'll be kind of fun to see where they go, but I'll be kind of glad that it's over. Uh, well, remember, no T.J. Miller, too, and I think yeah. that kind of took a bit of the audience with him. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that. Uh, and then finally, there was a show that actually ended with uh, uh, the season got canceled. There was a big rush for people to maybe bring it back, um, but that doesn't seem that that's happening with Whiskey Cavalier. Yeah, and this one really surprised a lot of people. Um, You have obviously seen the pictures that we do from San Diego Uh Comic-Con where they deck out the light rail trains in the various shows they're promoting. And you see, like, you know, the Flash and Arrow, but you see a lot of stuff from Sci-Fi Channel as well. But they went all in. You had fully decked out Whiskey Cavalier trains with Lauren Cohen on the side and, you know, really pushing it. ABC this fall, blah, 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 really, really, really high-end blitz for that show. And there were banners around and everything like this. So the show debuted with a lot of interest, and there was a lot of hype behind it. But it just never seemed to catch on with people. And it was surprising to me because I talked to some people about it. And it's odd. The buzz that I got back was a lot of people felt the two leads did not have a good chemistry with each Ooh, other. Oh, yeah. And I kept hearing, you know, I like Frost in his own show. They're not working together well. Uh, you know, it's not working for me like this. I like her perhaps if there was a new male lead. And that made me wonder if that was why they canceled it. You know, the old game of we get them out of the contracts. We can play that little game of 
trying to sell it to another network, so on and so forth, which gives us a chance to either retool the show, allow, give him another show, allow him to go somewhere else, and then possibly bring in another male lead and go from there. And apparently they push fairly heavy um even as recently as a couple of days ago, they were looking at options to save the show. And apparently, you know, when at the end of the day, they got to the point where they just said, no, we can't make this work. And it's officially done because it went from canceled, looking at other options to now, no, it's canceled. We couldn't find any other way to make this work. Damn, DOA. So I wonder if that means we're going to get Maggie back on The Walking Dead. <laughs> well, that's the thing. And, you know, and that's... And, you know, it's funny because I I sit there and I look at that and I always say there's the old rule, don't leave a successful TV show. And I always understand that you get the lead to, you know, to jump to a lead out from an ensemble and stuff like that. But then this sort of thing happens. So who knows? Who knows? Exactly. And next week is going to be a special thing because you're heading to E3. We're going to get a report on all the crazy stuff that you see there. And uh, if people want more information on any of that stuff or the previous content conventions that you've been to, they can go to SKNR.net. Just search Google for uh, Skewed and Reviewed and you can find all of that. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Gareth. And now, since we're uh, already on the TV route, BJ... On the TV route! It was interesting because Black Mirror just dropped this week. Black Mirror. I forgot to watch it because I was watching something else that we'll talk about on Monday. Well, if only you could ever catch up on your own time. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. and that's an interesting point. Yay, Netflix. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And that's one of the beauties of it. Uh, Did the entire series drop? Yeah, three episodes. That's it. Only three episodes? How long are they? They're about an hour from at least the first one was an hour it's it's like the first season way back in the day where yeah. they only had three episodes interesting bandersnatch probably took up a lot of time that makes sense that was like 10 episodes in one when you think about it which i'll be perfectly honest i still haven't watched what i don't i don't have a way to watch it like i guess i could watch it on my on my television you can also watch in, it on your do you, have a, do you have a tablet uh yeah but can you do can yeah. you do the choices on the tablet oh yeah see that's part of the problem though is like watching on a teeny tiny tablet teeny tiny I'm not quite down with it, so this is probably the reasons why I never got to it. Yeah. Um, but I do know that it, Black Mirror is back on the Netflix, and it's not the incorporated story or the choose your own adventures type of no, thing. No, it's a regular episode. And so, how many uh, how many have you watched so far then of it? I just watched the first one. Okay. Uh, as of this airing, mm-hmm. um, and I, of course, I'll watch the next two because um, I'm, I'm hearing great things about Miley Cyrus, who shows up in episode three. Oh, uh, okay. Also, it looks like uh, Dr. Watson is in episode two from uh, Sherlock. And uh, I, I forget that actor's name, Martin unfortunately. Martin Freeman. Yeah, no, no. That's or Watson? Not Watson. I'm sorry. Moriarty. Oh. Uh, Moriarty. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. something Scott. Yeah. So uh, it looks like he's in that, and he plays a crazy Uber driver, I guess, uh, from what I could tell. And uh, the first one, though, was called uh, Viper Strike. Uh, Striking Vipers, excuse me. And it was basically a sort of uh, Mortal Kombat-ish kind of game. You know, those side-by-side fighters. Yeah. This was an interesting... Because Black Mirror is a Twilight Zone, but it really focuses on technology. Mm-hmm. That's what you notice with Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. It's like, where will technology lead us? And this was a great episode featuring Anthony Mackie, as we know, the Falcon. Yeah. And uh, some other great actors in there who you may not know as well. But uh, they, it, it was... It was basically the story of a, a, of a dude and his college roommate, and they show us at the beginning, you know, back when they're in college, and when they're hanging out together, living in an apartment, then it flashes forward to 10 years later, and one of them is married with a family, and the other one is still single, trying to, you know, basically tinder his way to happiness. 
And uh, the actor you were thinking of is Andrew Scott. Not to be confused with Adam Scott from Parks and Rec. Andrew, Andrew Scott, Scott is more. <laughs> Andrew Scott is more yardy. He's, I believe he's in episode two. Okay. Uh, and and so this one here uh, for a birthday present, he shows up. So he hasn't. He doesn't see the guy much. Yeah. And maybe every once a year he sees his old college buddy, and he shows up, gives him a birthday present that unlocks uh, an, a completely bizarre experience. It's virtual reality side by side fighters where you really feel like you're fighting each other. Wow. And um, it was. <laughs> It, which is Black, awesome just in itself. Yeah, right. But in Black Mirror fashion, I'm uh, yeah. I, I, I'm assured that it will go wrong for the people using it. Well, I will tell you this. <laughs> I wouldn't say it goes wrong. It just goes down a road that you wouldn't expect. And it is, you know, I mean, again, really well done. The nice. Black, Black Mirror really takes, they, they, they comment on so much without you knowing. That's what great art does. Great art will take a look at a lot of the issues of the day, comment on them, and the way this episode goes on some of these issues where you just make some so many assumptions this is an episode that I feel like could be very healing for a lot of people if they were to watch it and just let it sort of sit. It might help them with a lot of worldview when it comes to some important issues today. And if you've seen the episode, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to spoil it because it's relatively new, this episode, as well as the entire season. Uh, So I'm just going to let it go with that. But it's really cool because basically you feel like you're fighting and you're there. And of course, to see... I love how they recreate all of the battlefields that you get to see in these kind of games. Yeah. Yeah. And they do it like, but they do it, you know, vir- like virtual reality. Yeah, yeah like all the, so awesome. like, I mean, all the Mortal Kombat's are essentially 2D fighters and they've kind of gotten a little more like 3D-ish with As like MK11 and, and th- stuff like that. But yeah. to be able to see those in VR, like I've been playing VR Skyrim, like to be able to like imagine like being able to see oh, all of that, yeah. that'd be so and that's, cool. And that's what they do at the beginning of the of the episode. And it has, I think it's probably much more Street Fighter vibe than Mortal Kombat vibe. Okay. But still, they're looking around in their environment and you're like that. That's exactly what I would do. See, I would lose because yeah. I'm just staring that's off. Ex- like, oh, what's going on? That's what they both did. They, <laughs> it, it, you know, it showed in their apartment day. They played this game called, you know, Striking Vipers. The, one of the first, you know, maybe like Striking Vipers one. Yeah, it's where it was still on the screen and it looked just like Street Fighter. Well, here it is, ten years later, and he says, "Hey, look, I got virtual reality. Let's do this." Funny. And you know, one's in one apartment, one's in the other apartment. And that's one of the things they did at the beginning is they're just looking around, going, "Gosh, look at this. We're actually in the world, and it looks pretty amazing." <laughs> uh, but as you said, Rev, there's a twist, there's a turn. Does it go wrong? I mean, slightly, but at the same time, it's very, it's a, it's a powerful episode. And some of them have actually not had like like terrible endings for the people. So. No, not at all. So there, there's yeah. always the possibility of that. This was really, really cool. And, and you know what? I it really, I'm, I'm upset at IMDb. They gave it a seven point three. <laughs> I actually, as a user, I think this is one of the best, the best Black Mirror episodes I've watched. And let wow. me tell you, they've had great episodes. So that's saying a lot. This is a great premiere episode for the new season. Uh, moving on from that, since you did mention Twilight Zone. Dan it, Dan it. Is that Dan it, Dan it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. This was the season finale like of Twilight Zone. Yeah. Oh, no. Dan it, Dan it, Dan it, Dan it. That's the oh, Twilight okay. Zone. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're yeah. right. Wow, man. It took me a second yeah. there, dude. Witness, if you will, a man who forgot the Twilight Zone theme. <laughs> um, so the season finale, then. Interesting. The season finale. Uh, and I, you know, it's been a while since this has been out. So I feel like, look, you know, spoiler. Spoiler alert. Yeah, people uh, just fast forward. I'm mad at this, by the way, too. This oh. episode got a, 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 I should say I'm mad at IMDb. Oh. This episode <laughs> got a 6.0 from the people that are, and, and I thought this was 
fun episode. This was a fourth wall breaking episode. And I thought that was really clever because you don't expect that. It's like the sh- and the show starts off and they break the fourth wall with this la- but it's the last episode of the season. It calls back to an iconic episode with Burgess Meredith if you guys remember, he's basically the last man on earth. Oh yeah. But he doesn't care cuz he didn't like people and all he wanted to do was read. And oh yeah, and the twist is is that his glasses were broken exactly. so he couldn't read. <laughs> and yeah, they, yeah, yeah. And they even and I love in this, you know, they showed they show uh, a lot of iconic references in in some of the previous episodes. As a matter of fact, they had like a little stuffed animal that looked just like the monster that was on the wing of a nightmare, you know, whatever it's at the twenty thousand. Oh yeah, the gremlin. Yeah, they showed that little gremlin monster as a, as like a little teddy bear, you know, stuffed animal creature <laughs> in a couple different episodes. And I thought, oh, how cool is it that they've carried this over? Well, in this episode, they show these broken glasses on uh, basically on this sort of uh, a bunch of. Stairs, and that definitely made you believe, like, hey, I wonder, are those the broken glasses from the Burgess Meredith episode? But they break the fourth wall in a very clever way where it looks like the episode's going to be about Seth Rogen and him being a writer and having writer's block. But then they show you that, oh, no, as Jordan Peele starts doing his narration because he does the great, you know, witness a man and his name is Slappy. And all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. as he's doing it, all of a sudden they go, cut! And Jordan goes, I'm not feeling it. I don't understand why, but whatever. <laughs> and then the person who wrote the episode comes in and he's like, listen, you got to come up with a better thing. It just isn't. And she's like, okay. And the episode really is about her and then all of a sudden stuff starts happening oh. where she's actually in an episode of the Twilight Zone while she's actually entering the Twilight Zone. Wow. And whoa. There was whoa. even uh it was it, it was it was awesome. There was even a surprise where not the greatest sort of CGI in the world but we got to actually have a visit from Rod Serling at the end of this episode. And this was a really great episode about this woman who was a Twilight Zone fan, which is why she wanted to become a writer and eventually write an episode of The Twilight Zone. But then... Her dream... In The Twilight Zone. It's a little wonky. The Twilight Zone. And it was called The Blurry Man. And uh, (laughs) I liked it a lot. And it broke the fourth wall, which I thought was really cool. And I'm, I'm like, you know what, Jordan... You, you did something different that I didn't expect, and I've liked this season of The Twilight Zone, and I sure as heck hope uh, that there's more. Hell, I'm paying full price for the CBS All Access app, so I'm telling you, CBS, <laughs> as a person that's actually paying for the content, give me another season of Twilight Zone. Nice. Uh, and then finally on the TV talk, uh, shortly, uh, just a quick talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Oh, okay. It's, uh, <laughs> it's entertaining. What we're starting to find out, and I actually got this from the previews, turns out that uh, Colson and his people, or I should say the anti-Colson called Sarge. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he and his people, uh, they seem to be bad guys, but we're now starting to get an inkling that maybe they're not. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, so we've got two storylines going on. We've got Quake, and we've got Gemma, and we've got Fitz that are in space. And then we've got people from another dimension, I guess, which would be Sarge, uh, a.k.a. Colson, who are on Earth along with the rest of the regular S.H.I.E.L.D. people, mostly the ground crew and Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo, I think, is the only super-powered S.H.I.E.L.D. member that's still there. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so we've got two storylines, and it looks like uh, they're trying to wipe out something. We thought first they were just going to blow up Earth. This is what you know the the bad Colson yeah. wants to do. Turns out maybe not. Um, it's entertaining. I mean, I uh, it seems kind of like uh, popcorn fluff for you at this it's, point. It's, it's really kind of popcorny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what to make of it. It's a, you know it's a good storyline. I mean, I'm not hating it. It's just 
here's my problem. I really thought we were going to get to see some sort of Avengers tie-in kind of storyline. And you're not getting it. And we're that. not getting yeah. it. And yeah. yeah. I mean, so I'm disappointed. I really had expectations. That's the yeah. problem. I think the storyline's decent. And, you know, it's fun to see S.H.I.E.L.D. in space. That's fun. Absolutely. Uh, now, you and Joe were done talking TV because we're going to do a quick one about movies. You guys actually went out and saw John Wick 3. Yes. So- this was must-see movie. The Wickening. And one of the, the interesting things is that if you go to the if you go to our YouTube channel, yes. there is a video of your guys' first impressions. Yeah. And so you guys came out of the theater, talked about your thoughts on that. Now that you've had a little bit of time to ruminate. We digest it. Because it's always good to see what some people think of a movie when they come out of a theater. Yeah, exactly. And, you have that you yeah. the after movie glow, and then sometimes your opinion may change or vary from that. John Wick 3, Lady Antebellum. <laughs> wow, oh, because it's Parabellum, okay. Thanks. Well, Parabellum, I did, actually, Parabellum means something. I didn't does know. It? Yeah, it really does. All which, right. Uh, the, and I don't I won't spoil it because actually one of the characters tells you what Parabellum means. It's oh, another, good. I don't have to look it up then. It's another language. <laughs> um, and it pretty much, I mean, it pretty much tells you, basically, Parabellum means John Wick 3, he's going to kick more ass. Yeah. All right, it's yeah. pretty much what it means. Well, I read an article stating that John Wick has killed more people in the three movies that he's done than Freddy and Jason have done combined but in they des- all of their but movies. All these people deserved it. <laughs> oh, the movie was so good, man. Like, <laughs> I know that it's funny that everyone goes, the reviews are like, if you like John Wick 2 and John Wick 1, you're going to like John Wick 3, but yeah. it's like true. The the choreography just gets better and better and better as these movies go on. And it literally picks up in the exact scene that John Wick 2 left off on. So you, I mean, do you feel that you would want to watch John Wick 2 and then just go into this and be like, all right, I'm in? Yeah, definitely. Cool. The reason being is that I feel the John Wick movies, and I'm really happy that the critics are getting this, they are works of art. Now, you're not going to get great dialogue, and the plot doesn't even matter. Yeah. It doesn't. Uh, It it really, really doesn't. What matters, of course, is even though there's some good performances, including the the adjudicator who's in this movie, and I think it's the first time we've seen her, and I can't, I'm going to try to find her name because she was just so good. But really, the star of the movie is, like Joe said, is the choreography. Yeah. I mean, John. John, John Wick, Keanu Reeves, has almost no lines in this movie, and everyone goes, oh, it's because he can't act. I'm like, no, it's because he's spending literally every waking moment learning these scenes. The final scene of this movie, I was watching in awe, because I couldn't, there are so many flips and glass breaking every scene. <laughs> oh, it, yeah, it, it is one of the, it, you're right, this is the final battle, like Run P said, make sure you go and get back, because you do not want to miss the final battle, and they were right. This was, I mean, they were, the, the final Final battle took place where basically there were glass cases of all sorts of stuff there, and it was epic. And John, you know he's getting his ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, he's one of those action heroes that is not, like, uh, impervious. It reminds me a lot of the old school, uh, like, karate and martial arts movies. That's what it seems like, yeah. Where they spend all their time just building these scenes up so that they can fight, you know, and you're not really like, oh, he's got plot armor. Because it's not plot armor. You know he's not going to die or anything like that. It's more just along the lines of, well, what can they put on screen and actually physically do through choreography? Mm-hmm. And that's what this is with guns. And uh, for a BJ, uh, the the uh, actress that played the adjudicator is Asia Dillon, who was also Brandy in Orange 
Revengers of the New Black. Yeah, I just I, I, that's amazing. Yeah. she was really and she because she had this neck tattoo, and I'm seeing that I think she had that in Orange Is the New Black as well, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't watched that in a long time. Yeah, um, of course we get Halle Berry in this movie, who's yeah. amazing. And uh, shout out to Bra- uh, Braun from Game of Thrones, who's in this movie as oh, well. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And uh, there's some oh, there's some really awesome uh, dogs that are used in this movie, not CGI, like trained attack dogs that do wow. a bunch of stunts as well. I mean, if you go into this movie just thinking, I can't wa- wait to watch Keanu Reeves shoot people, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to, awesome. you know, I do want to recognize because Asia, Asia actually is the first non-binary character shown, uh, I guess, on America. American television. So Asia Kate uses a pronoun called they. Like that's her oh, pro- the they that's, there. That's Asia's okay. pronoun is oh, they. Okay, okay. So I'm going to stumble around a lot because, but I want to make sure that I give Asia exactly what Asia wants. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so it's a it's a plural pl- pronoun that Asia uses, and um, Asia's fantastic. I, I I loved I love the character uh, the, the the adjudicator in this in this one. It's be- it's such a beautiful movie, man. They 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 really do a great job with the choreography, and Keanu says he does a majority of his all of that stuff. Yeah, I, I saw some of the shots of that thing. I mean, he learned kung fu for the Matrix. He kind of gets all in when he does these movies. <sighs> kung fu. <laughs> And right, the best part is, you know, we're getting a uh, John Wick four. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was like well, the, oh, the we- ending was re- the ending. They might as well just come out and said so anyway. John Wick Four is coming. Well, a week a week after it was released, they did they did just that. Oh, it was hysterical. I mean, we're not going to spoil the ending, but the ending was just sort of like you think, okay, the movie's over. No, it's not. And then all of a sudden, there's John Wick going, "I will be back for four. Basically, is what he just said. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, give us your responses on uh, what you thought about John Wick as well. You can send us an email, bjgeeknation at gmail.com or so post good. on our social media. And but, it's John Wick. Yeah, right. If you don't like John Wick, don't go. If you love John Wick, you are going to love. This movie, I, I mean, how do you not give it a hundred percent? I gave it. Eight out of, I gave it. I gave it eight out of ten as far as like you know. Look, I mean, it's it, it doesn't have any dialogue and the plot's not that great. But for a John Wick movie, it's a ten. It's a ten out of ten. There you go, perfect. And now it is time for the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, it's Friday, and that means movies. Yeah, what movies are coming out? Big one that uh, highly anticipated movie that is getting crapped on. Well, Uh-oh. it should be. Darn I'm it. Not, Actually, I'm not, I haven't seen it, and I don't know if I will. I, I'm going to because I have to. It is my jam. I Ever since it was announced, I'm like, I have no expectations. And you know what? After X-Men Apocalypse, you should have no expectations. Well, yep. I'm talking about oh. Dark Phoenix. Hey, I hear it's getting 20 out of 10. That's an amazing score. It's getting 23% as of right now. Out of 100. Oh. And guess what? That's a failing Great. And it's got 125 reviewers. Oh, as of so now. it's certified rotten. So, yeah. That's not good. Yeah. Sansa, why? <laughs> I like, don't get me wrong. I love Sophie Turner. I'm not sure if I wanted to see. I, I liked her as Jean Grey, but I don't want a lot of her as Jean Grey. And one of my biggest problems was that she was introduced in the last movie, X Men Apocalypse, mm-hmm. and then they popped off with the Phoenix Force at the very end of it. And I was. <laughs> I couldn't roll my eyes harder yeah. when it happened because I knew exactly where they're gonna go. And if you if you don't know, the Dark Phoenix saga is probably one of the most convoluted stories ever. And it's not necessarily because of Jean Grey and everything that happened. It was the fact that they just just didn't decide that she wanted to die or leave her dead. The the problem also with this, I'm guessing, is a part a big part of the Dark Phoenix story is the love between Logan and Jean Grey because yeah. they have this love for each other. However, the the only Wolverine we have ever had, and 
I kind of wish we only have, is Hugh Jackman. One, he's not going to come back for a movie because he's done being Wolverine. Yeah. Two, they, the, I think the director was even saying, he's like, um... Yeah, he's a good-looking guy for his age, but you look at Sophie Turner and him, there's no yeah. way to do that without making it real creepy. <laughs> and that yeah. is why they shied away from that hard. And it's just, uh, after it's, after what they did to Apocalypse, I just have no hope. I'm sorry, I just don't. Well, it seems that Rotten Tomatoes agrees with you. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, another movie coming out uh, this weekend... Also not doing good, but Uh-oh. it's getting, it's got an, a decent audience score. I mean, it's got 94% audience score, okay. but it's a kid movie. It oh. is getting 57%. It's The Secret Life of Pets 2. And a little fun fact about this Ooh. movie. So in the first movie, the main character, the main dog, uh, was voiced by, uh, his name is Max. He was voiced by... Um, Louis C.K. Louis C.K. In this one, he is voiced by Patton Oswalt. I, that has not, I don't think that's why the movie sucks or doesn't suck or whatever, but I thought it was an interesting point because well, of everything is, that had gone yeah. on with Louis C.K., exactly. we now have Patton Oswalt, who arguably is one of my, like, one of the top voice actors. He has one voice, but he does it so well, and he does it in so <laughs> many things. You can pinpoint him in any show. He's an archer, in Bob's Burgers. You can hear him in any show. Oh, uh, yeah. Rick and Morty, he was in an episode. Uh, so <laughs> and you knew it was exactly him. You know it's exactly him. It's got oh, an all-star that's, cast. That's interesting that, um, yeah, that with the voice, they felt like even putting Louis C.K. as a voice this would is, be a problem. This yeah. is a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. It is an animated movie for kids. So Yeah, you don't need the, the connotations that uh, Louis has with all of that right and then like the best character really isn't even the main character he's played by kevin hart it's snowball the bunny yeah he wears a little superhero outfit i love watching the trailers am i gonna go see this movie no i tried watching the first one but you get that like secondhand cringe because it's that story of this is my home this is my kingdom i love my human and we get another dog coming in and i want to get rid of the dog kind of like the toy story like oh, oh you're coming into my territory trying to own everything yeah. and that's when it kind of got like nope secondhand cringe no i feel bad for the character nope i want to be out oh. and i was out <laughs> which funny enough that's why i stopped watching louis ck's show because i got secondhand cringe i'm like i can't do this yeah, yeah yeah it's getting awkward yeah is there anything else coming out um there's one I don't know what uh what's it says it's animation drama it looks like a Japanese style movie called okay. Funan, um and it's kind of based in Cambodia and it doesn't it doesn't have like a nerdy theme to it but because of the animation style like I thought to bring it up uh, it's getting eighty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes as of now and that's kind of more of a limited release sort of mm-hmm. one it looks like on that yeah because it doesn't even have a rating yeah. Um, but yeah, if you like those kinds of movies, definitely check it out. I do. I actually, I love that animation style too. It looks yeah. very cool. And considering everything else going out this weekend, mm-hmm. maybe option. just go back and watch John Wick or something. Boy, that's yeah. dark. Okay, that's right. very dark. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, guys. Stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play. But where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.